0: And talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State.
3: Well, I don't know. Well, we've still got 73 miles to go. Yes, that's if we stick on the main highway. Say, mister. Yeah? Is this the only way to get to Palm Springs? Oh, no, no. There are several ways. I would suggest that from here, you head straight for Saturn, uh, turn right to Mars, make a left to Jupiter, then head for the moon, and then... Hey, wait a minute. Mars, Jupiter, the moon? Yeah. Ain't this a rocket ship? <laughs> Just put in some gas, will you? Uh, Ethel or regular? (laughs) Regular. Better make it Ethel. Look, Rochester, the last time we came through here we went pretty fast. What did we use then? Nothing. We'd lock bumpers with a Greyhound bus. Wait a minute! What are you doing? I'm sorry. I thought you had a windshield. Let me wipe the bugs off your glasses. Look, never mind! Well, have you made up your mind, what do you want, regular or raffle? Regular. Okay. The water and oil's fine. All oh, right, as long as the hood is up, check my battery. Okay. Looks okay to me. <laughs> I'll tell you when to stop. Uh, Let me know how many you're putting in. Okay. One.
4: Two. Three.
3: Ten. What happened to the bells? What do you want? Gas or music? Uh, How much do I owe you? Uh, Let's see, 10 gallons, that'll be uh, $2.80. $2.80. Here, wait a minute. There. Thank you. And the next time you pass this gas station, please do. All right, wise guy. Come on, Rochester, start the car. Yes, sir. (laughs) start started again, yeah. yes. Well, what are you staring at? This car will get us there. You've heard of the story of the tortoise and the hare, haven't you? No, but if you're going to tell it, keep your voice down. My wife is in the office. <laughs> Kind of a story. Come on, Rochester. Yes. Say, Bud. Which way to Palm Springs? The Palm Springs. Well, you. Oh, oh just follow us. Oh, oh come now. now. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto!
0: No doubt about it. I gotta get another hat.
3: Now here's something we hope you'll really
4: like.
0: Hi, this is Dan Woods, the host of Chop, Cut, Rebuild on the Speed Channel, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio in Cars.
2: Okay, uh you're tuned into the sales creative cars. <laughs> I'm your show host Robert. Don't forget to check out our website, Gulfstream Did I miss something? Am I out of sync here? I can't
1: Well, they're called listeners. Uh you call them listeners. I call them listeners. So you say okay hey, listeners. I don't even know what I just I you, you know said what? okay My you're tuned in. you actually did what I said originally and just say welcome to nostalgic radiant cars. But you're, you're listening to Nostalgia Radio and Cars, but you like your OK listeners, so I said, okay, listeners." <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can have- all right, well, check out the website golfsports.com <laughs> if you want to find out more about us. Definitely go there, and don't forget if you've missed any of our past shows, check out carscom and you can find out all. I know you can listen to all our past shows. Now, where I'm going with this today? We got a we got a really busy show tonight. And because uh, there's a couple big things going on. But anyway, I, I did want to talk about one thing I did today. Obviously, you guys know that I deal in classic and antique cars and I was in a wrecking or visit, blah, 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 blah. But one of the things I do is I do appraisals, pre-purchase inspections and so on and so on and so on. I cannot overemphasize. Do not, do not buy a car sight unseen without inspection. I, I was hired to go do a PPI on a car today. And uh, it's a 69 Chevelle. It was at a place that was in consignment. And again, you can't tell by the pictures. Well, when I got there, the car was really a turd. It really was. I mean, it looked good in the pictures, but it was a turd. And uh, I mean, there's some clues in the pictures, those of us who know cars, obviously, but the prospective buyer didn't. But we're talking a $50,000, 60000 car for a 69 Chevelle SS396 car that was bogus. It just wasn't even nice. But at any rate, in, at the same facility, there was a really, really, really nice SS396 for a little bit more money. But if somebody made a concerted effort to really, really try to restore the car, the car was restored back in 2000, no, 2012, 13, 14, or something like that, and owned by a guy. But this guy, you can tell, loved the car because everything. The car was detailed. It ran good. It was a four-speed car. It was a bench seat car. It had tacking gauges. It had sports steering wheel. It had a twelve uh, bolt underneath it like it's supposed to. Had a big block in it. May not have been matching numbered motor, but did have a four-speed in it. Did have a twelve bolt. Did have a sway bar. You know, yeah, quasi F forty one suspension. But anyway, that car turned out to be a really, really nice car. So. I'm just going to leave it there, and I'll pick up the story later because we have our guests waiting for us. But uh, so we'll see what happens, and I'll bring you guys up to speed as uh, the 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 saga of the two SS396. Well, he's Chevelles. actually
1: on his way out to his track so he needs a few more minutes. So oh, he does. Go oh. ahead and finish your saga.
2: All right, I'll finish my saga. The saga of the the tale of the two 69 SS396 Chevelles. Okay, so the Cortez silver car with the black vinyl top that was crooked as could be, and I mean if you're going to put a car together at least clean and detail the bottom it was nasty looking like it just you just drug it out of the field okay uh the bumper was off the one side i mean and you know with the fell strips you know when you put on the, the the eyebrow strips that are on doors when the doors go up and down okay i mean they were screwed on they're supposed to be stapled on okay when you open the door you could hear the door the glass and the driver's door banging around like it was loose you know put the brackets in there just things like that that's an instant turn off the the Checking in the in the paint, cracks, uh, molding not fitting right, uh, the 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 seat upholstery not fit. On and on, the list the list goes on. But the blue '69 Chevelle, with all the proper markings and all the stuff. Now I don't buy in all that kind of stuff, but still, it was it was extremely clean. Off the nut and bolt restoration, yeah, it had some sheet metal done, had rockers put on it, had uh, trunk floor, you know, some lower patch panels and stuff like that. But everything to fit and finish was really 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 nice and clean as uh, an excellent presentation sat level and then six six inches off the ground like the four by four ss396 cortez silver car but the, you got to understand when these guys are selling the cars they're in consignment cars all right so they're selling the cars and they're not going to say nothing because they're in the business to sell cars there's a huge markup in these things it could be anywhere between 10 to 20 percent on these cars depending on what the seller is asking for and, uh, you know, and and the and the consignment facilities are, you know, they're going to market up whatever they can. Now, there are a handful of them out there that actually own cars, but the majority of them are consignment uh, shops. But you got to hire someone that knows cars to take a look at these things. Otherwise, you're going to be out $50,000, $60,000. Cars going to go halfway across the country, and you're going to be very, very, very upset. Do we have to call him back, or is he going to call us? Why don't you go ahead and give him another holler?
1: Like seven twenty or so. He thought 7.30 is when we're Oh, no, no, call no,
2: no, 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 no. We can't. We can't. Uh, oh, oh, that's not going to work out. Okay. Well, anyway, I'll tell you what we'll do is... Uh, we can
1: give him a couple more minutes.
2: And then... Yeah, because we have to call our other guests at 7.20. In fact, you know what we ought to do? We ought to just go ahead and call him, and we'll just... You know, darn, that's going to... It, it, it ha- You know what? The thing about radio is it is spontaneous, okay? So how that kind of works is we... We try to schedule people, and they usually show up on time. <laughs> kind of like if you have to make an appointment, you know. And then once in a while, you know, we get a little overlap. It's kind of like double booking, I guess you could call it, you know, like in the airline business. But anyway, it happens. It's no big deal. But we're radio, we're live, and we're cool, and we're casual about it. Right, Bobby? Mm-hmm. But at any rate, um, why don't you just go ahead and give him another shout, see if he's available. And then just, you know, because mm-hmm. we have to get this other guy on the show and, you know. Uh, as as the show must go on, as they say, you know, and um, but at any rate, um, so yeah, again, I cannot emphasize that. And of course, one of the other cars I did here recently, but this was just an appraisal, it was a '67 Shelby. And of course, I'm one of the state reps for the Shelby Club and I'm very partial to Shelby's. And it was a really, really, really nice car. Same thing, this gentleman owned this car since 1975, so it's got a really good history. It's the, going back to the Chevelle, the in the trunk. The correct spare tire or correct-looking spare tire, the jack assembly, the tie-down, everything was in there placed properly. The trunk floor mat in there properly. The splatter paint that they use, okay, the speckle paint, okay, that they use in Chevrolets throughout the whole Chevrolet line was all correct. Um, just the the fit and finish, even the plugs in the trunk were, were put in properly. You know, no oozing of the, of the seam sealer and stuff like that. Um, just, just, just really, really nice guy. Hey, look, we got our special guest on the show. Uh, our first special guest for the evening. His name's Lawrence Green. Lawrence is the um, CEO and founder of Henderson Auto Auctions, based out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And they got a big event going on this weekend at our good friends up there in Birmingham, Alabama. Actually, it's Leeds and uh, at Barber Motorsports. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Lawrence Green. Lawrence, how are you this evening?
0: I am great, but I want to correct one thing. All right, go ahead. I am the CEO, but I am by no means the founder. Marvin Henderson founded the company over 65 years ago.
2: Oh, really? So this is a, a, a senior auction company, basically. It's been around for a while. We're,
0: we're one of the oldest uh, family-owned auction companies in the country, and um, uh, Collector Cars is just a small part of what we do. We're a we do heavy construction equipment auctions, and uh, we sell ships and shipyards in a commercial maritime division. But, but we love collector cars. It's our passion. We all enjoy them ourselves and have collections ourselves. And so we've uh, do, done throughout the years, done collector car auctions, and now we're doing them on a very regular basis at the, uh, at the Barber Museum.
2: Interesting. Well, I'm surprised Richie Breslin hasn't knocked on your door and bought you out like they did Lake and everybody else that's going on Iron Planet and everybody like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> no comment. I get it. Okay. Let's let's talk let's talk about this weekend, the big extravaganza, the big auction at uh at uh, Barber Motorsports Museum. Tell us a little bit about uh some of the cars that are going to be there.
0: Yeah, well, as you know, Barber's a really special place and we've um we you know, they have had auction companies in the past. Uh, bonhams has had some auctions here. Um but we've uh, Made an agreement with them to have uh, regular auctions here, and so this weekend marks our second that we've had here. We've been involved in some other events, but this is our second auction in the inside the museum, um, which is really fantastic. Uh, you know, it's none of the Barber collection is part of the auction, but they host it uh, for us, which is which is spectacular. They're a great team to work with, and um, we have uh, a limited number of cars. We we um, cap it at about a hundred cars. Um, I think we have about 90 cars and a handful of motorcycles and, and, uh, scooters and things like that. A little bit of memorabilia, some, some, uh, <clears throat> uh, unrestored antique outboards and things like that. Uh, but we have some great cars. It's a, it's a really special sale. We have, uh, cars for all types of people that we have project cars and muscle cars and, um, exotics and, uh, uh, you know, air cooled flat six Porsches and, um, Uh, A little 356 that you and I were talking about that's a gorgeous little car. Mm -hmm. We also have a great, great uh, pre-war collection this time of Packards, Rolls-Royces, and several French cars, including a Peugeot d'Arlemont from 1938, um, a uh, Delahaye that uh, was hidden away from the Nazis and uh, was owned by... A member of the French resistance and uh used in a parade to celebrate the uh liberation of Annecy in France in nineteen forty four. And um some so you know very neat cars. So uh we have the lowest mile nineteen seventy Kimi CUDA in existence. It has eighty seven original miles on it.
2: Jeez. All right so if people want to find out more about this auction this week and how they go about doing and can they bid online?
0: They can. They can bid through two platforms uh You can go to HendersonMotorSeries.com, HendersonMotorSeries.com, and there you can register directly uh, through our website, or you can bid through ProxyBid. Okay. uh, So there's two ways to bid online. Um, A lot of people are already signed up with ProxyBid, and they're welcome to use that platform, or you can sign up directly uh, through our website and uh, use our platform. An app, Henderson Auctions app, and you can do it on your phone uh, or or at at a laptop.
2: Okay, so what are the cons- what are the uh, the fees, the selling fees? Or in other words, if I'm a buyer, my buyer fees, my seller fees, are they what, ten percent?
0: Yeah, your but your bu- your your buyer fee is a hundred dollars to register for the auction mm-hmm. you're coming to our VIP event, but it's already full, so you're not doing that. If you're just hearing this about this for the first time, um, so there are some VIP bidders that we have a party for the night before, and they and we have brunch the next day, but. Uh, in this case, uh, you'd pay a hundred dollars to be a registered bidder, and then um, you you would pay a ten percent buyer's premium uh, on the sale.
2: Okay. Now uh, the cars that are going through this is this but uh, is a collection that kind of belongs to one person or is this multiple cars? if is this if I wanted to put a car in here, had I known in advance, would I be able to participate in that as well?
0: You could. We accept limited consignments. Again, we, we cap it, but we do try to look for all kinds of cars because we have customers of all of all different uh, budgets. And um, the, the this particular uh, group of cars, about 28 of these cars, um, some of the French cars I mentioned in the Rolls Royce, are all from one uh, collection. Okay. It's very interesting. It rarely ever happens, but that collection was seized by a bank, and so we're actually selling them for the bank Uh uh-huh and and this gentleman had a reversal of fortune and um we will have a subsequent auction uh later on in the fall that'll have the rest of his collection uh that we anticipate but right now these the ones that the bank has has uh sent to us so far and um they're selling without reserve so it makes it oh very very, very, interesting opportunity it's yeah high high six figure and low seven figure value cars that are selling without reserve so um very impressive collection there. But then the rest are from just other collectors or individuals that own an individual nice car, and it's time to trade and do something different. So we have some modern cars and, you know.
2: Okay, and then my consignment fee. If I want to consign a car and I want to sell it there, is there an additional consignment fees or anything like that, or is it just a flat there, seller's fee?
0: There, no, there is. There is a, there is a uh, consignment fee of $600 if it makes the cut and gets on the museum floor. It's $300 if it's outside. We have a tent outside, and, and so we can only fit about 45 cars on the floor of the museum. And uh, so the rest of them are in a tent outside. And it's, uh, it's $600 if they're inside and $300 if they're outside. And, wow. um, and then you pay a commission uh, based on, uh, you know, if it's got a reserve, then it's an 8% seller's commission. If there's no reserve, then you pay no fee, and it's
2: 6%. Oh, Interesting. Okay. Well, that's pretty reasonable. All right. Well, Lawrence, you know what? I want to thank you for hanging out with us for a few minutes, but we'll have to get you back here. The next auction that you're going to do is when?
0: It's going to be in the fall. We haven't set the date yet, but it'll be um, in September
2: or October. Okay. So it'll be also at the Barber Motorsports Museum, correct? That's correct. Okay, well, super. We will touch base with you between now and then. We will have you back again. You can highlight some of your cars, talk a little bit about Henderson Auto Auction, or uh, Henderson Auction, and uh, we'll talk about some of the other stuff that you do. I'd like to find out more about the marine stuff, the salvage stuff, and all the other uh, interesting things that you guys sell. So that sounds uh, yeah well, kind of fascinating. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, Lawrence, thank you right. for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. The best of luck to you this weekend. If I can make it up there on a short notice, I might just like... To take, check that out. Now the auction is what? Just Saturday, or is it Saturday and Sunday?
0: Uh, just Saturday. Um, Saturday uh, auction begins at 10 a.m. Central Time on Saturday, um, and you're welcome to come. The public is welcome to come if they pay the museum their entrance fee. They can watch watch the auction, uh, or if you would like to be a registered bidder, you just come and pay a hundred bucks, and you're a registered bidder.
2: Wow, simple as that. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much. I will be keeping my eye on the 56. Three fifty six. So yeah,
0: it's beauty, That's a beauty. That's a that's a that's a rare uh, sunroof. French sunroof
2: car V, and it actually has a V roof in it too, which is actually cool, which is correct for fifty six. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, thank yeah, yeah, thank you for coming on the that's show. Far. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Mm-hmm. Good you. luck. Bye bye. All right, you're tuned into Nostalgic Vintage Cars. We'll touch that dial. We'll be right back with our very special guest for the evening. And it is Joey Mullen's birthday today from Badfinger. So here's a little. Badfinger. We'll be right back. Don't touch that doll. Stay with us. Okay, we're back, and you tune in to nostalgic radio and (laughs) cars. And it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman is a musician extraordinaire, it's probably the easiest way to describe him. Composer, multi talented, and uh, he was with a group at one point called Star People, if I have this correct. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening Randy Pratt. Randy, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Hi, how are you? So, give us a little background on yourselves. How did it all begin How did the music music career begin for you?
5: I started late um, it, in my mind. it started when I saw The Beatles on the cover of Life magazine in nineteen sixty four but um, it took me until I was about twenty seven years old to, to start really actually practicing and taking myself seriously, uh, which um, probably lost me the ten years I needed to go a little further in the business than I did, but um, I have no complaints. I, I I played with all my childhood heroes that are still around, and uh, it's been a great ride. Um, the Beatles started it also, definitely.
2: Well, you know, essentially, because I remember 1964, I was in 1964, I grew up in Northern California, and I remember the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and that's kind of what got me going, uh, that and Elvis. Elvis. So. How old were you? I, uh, in 64, I was six, seven. Somewhere around okay, there. i am a little older than you, yeah. Just a little. A little wiser. Yeah. <laughs> a lot wiser.
5: <laughs> I'm more of a wise guy.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, cool. Where are you from originally? Um,
5: I was born in South Carolina, but I only lived there for five months because my dad was in the Navy, so I, I say I'm from New York. That's where I was brought up.
2: Okay. Well, no, that's cool. Um, um,
5: on Long Island. Um, suburban Long Island, but I didn't really become a <clears throat> rock star until I moved into the city in 1978, when New York City was the capital for rock and roll of the entire universe for a brief period there, which I reveled in. And um, I think it was a combination of me stopping drinking, uh, walking off the stage with one of my bands and having Buzzy Linhart, who I knew played with Hendrix and wrote a couple of number one singles. Grab my arm and say I was a great bass player, which I said I'm never drinking again. And,
4: <laughs>
5: and the fact that I was competing with punk rock instead of bands like Yes and King Crimson and stuff like that, you know, uh, that that I got the nerve to really dig in and start my insane practice regimen and like like every every. Uh, well, so I'll say rock star drummers that I've played with, like the, the two Apathy brothers and Bobby Rondinelli and, and, and guys like that to say, Randy, you, kn- you know nobody practices this much, right? And I go, uh, and I would just kind of go, Do it. I don't know if I was doing it out of insecurity or a, a part 50% and 50%, I just wanted to be great. But um, Bobby told me recently, and said, that's the best playing of my whole career. And I said, okay, good. That's why I practice that much
2: <laughs> but um so what all what all instrument? what all instruments do you play now i I, well, I just play bass and harmonic i'm really okay but i, but I write lyrics
5: and i write i am i conceptualize i mean every band that i've done is kind of uh has a has a defined image and and um especially star people the band that were that 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 you're talking about right now mm hmm was one of the more complex um, conceptual bands that I ever did. It, it, um, I had done some um, comedy bands with with the one of the, with, the, with two two of the guys in the band, the two stand up lead singers. One of them was a professional actor and comedian, and improviser, and um, and uh, I knew he could he could pull it off, and, and I. We started to. I started to create this really complex story, and while we while we were touring the band, that movie came out with uh, that, that had uh, the, the woman from Alien in it, uh, and and the guy from um, the movie about about the aliens getting the TV signals from Earth and worshipping us and thinking that Star Trek, were, the guys in Star Trek were the guys who saved their planet or something. That came out, and that was part of our story was that that we were getting the signals from Earth and and then we were worshipping earth people and 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 there was a lot of rat pack uh... we we dressed i looked around at the band nobody had good hair so we, we i <laughs> got to think of another image so we uh... i had to wear a short hair wig and um... everybody else uh... we all wore tuxedos so we were we were aliens from the eleventh dimension worshipping the rat pack coming to earth to Try to get onto the radio to, to become immortal because the signal from Earth goes into a black hole and goes all through time and space. And that's kind of the setup for the story. Simple little setup. <laughs> yeah. But but, but, that, but the, there was a there was a female violin player who sang with him also, and um, it, when we were touring, she she said we got to do some dance routines, so we would stop at a rehearsal place in Atlanta and, and work out at least. It was great. It was like progressive rock, heavy, but and I remember saying to the guys, "Don't ever wink at the audience, like make them laugh at us, because we're so damn serious." Yeah, so that was kind of the vibe of the band. And the band broke up in um, after touring the country a lot with Dream Theater and Dixie Dregs and bands like that and uh, other Tentacles, if anybody ever heard of them. But they, they were popular <laughs> everywhere we went, even in Kansas. Um, the band broke up in 2001 and i started you know i mean i had another band i always had another band in the wings but i loved the band and there was an album completed in the in the, the vaults. so the singer um we call him the teacher the guy with the deep voice who does a lot of the narration and stuff on the thing explaining the nature of the universe within the songs um was very ill, and I started to say to me, I, "We got to finish this this record." And we finished, And in the process of finishing it, I kind of wrote a, another one in 2021. So the, the release that you have is the original unreleased third album of the band, and then a later one um, with, with the whole band reunited and a couple of guest stars and stuff like that. So I don't know. You got any of that? Are you going to play any of the stuff?
2: Uh, Bobby, you know what? Why don't you look up, see if we can get some of his uh, uh, on the uh, computer there, real quick. See if we can come. He, up. Is there anyone in particular you want to hear, Randy? What do you think right, we I should play? The first song. All right. They're all good. <laughs> all right. While well, he's looking for that, all right. so we'll t- we'll t- Who are some of the other well-known um, people that yeah, you've played I, I with? You mentioned Carmen a piece. We know Carmen. He's been on our show before
5: oh, cool, yeah, he's in he's in Florida now. yeah, my brother has a place down there too, but he's up he's up north now for the summer. I'm spending my third summer in the desert in Las
2: Vegas. Do you like it out there?
5: Uh, i'm my wife and I are just became residents here i, I do maintain my my house in New York for the with the studio the main the main recording studio is there. Um, yeah, we recorded that cactus album um last year. I wasn't even there. I did my parts down here, and, and you know, I trust Carmine. I, I, I reunited the Vanilla Fudge and Cactus in my recording studio, and my band's open for them all over the planet. Um, and I play hard, and when I reunited Cactus, thank, by the grace of God, I had just been playing the harmonica long enough to pull off a gig. And um, so I was in it from the first gig, and, um, Tim Booger's like my favorite bass player, so I mean, when, when he was in the room, I, I was a harmonica player, you yeah. know. But, um, so the, the, I, those are the, those two bands. Uh, but it, it recently, I've been doing albums using modern technology in a way that's interesting. I, I'll, I'll get together with a drummer and write stuff bass first, and I have this massive pedal board set-ups now, and I've completely changed my sound um and uh, i could never take this step on the road it's hilarious i'm looking at it right now it's the guy uh, the, the top tech guy from the killers uh the band of killers is down here in vegas and he he made me this pedal setup that's beyond anything i've ever seen um and i, I play with a drummer and then we start from the drum from the bass and drums up and i did a whole album with carmine on bass i hadn't played with him on on bass, until, after like 20 years, I, I think I was intimidated. Um, but uh, it's killer. Uh, so that, that's that's the way I'm doing some records now. Uh, a, a string of records. I, f- I find a great great singers, and, um, including my wife. My, my wife happily turned out to be a great singer. Uh, and we, we, she she's done an album um, called Joyous, and uh, yeah, I did, I did seven albums during lockdown. That was about my. I was always the band leader, and you, the amount of time it took to be like a you know they were rehearsing at my house, recording at my house, dressing everybody up I never met another guy who had enough fashion sense that i didn't have to dress them and my whole country, <laughs> <laughs> that one band, one band the fuzz tones that guy's the first first my first serious band, and that guy um taught me a lot about having to be a band boss and stuff like that a benevolent boss I, I, you know I collaborate really well with other people, so um I'm 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 I've never been accused of stealing something uh, something from somebody musically. But um if anything I, I give Mark too much credit. But um Yeah, as a bass player. it's interesting. I you know, I've read every issue of Bass Player magazine and all the, I never heard a famous bass player say he write he writes songs on bass.
2: Well now I'll elaborate elaborate for that. We had um uh God, who'd we have on our show last week, Bobby? My memory's bad. Uh, We had uh, Chuck Wright on. Chuck Wright. Okay, so Chuck is also a bass player, but he also plays multiple instruments. But when he writes his songs... Pardon me? What band was he from? Well, he played with... uh... God, my memory's... Uh, Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot. Yeah, he was the bassist for Quiet Riot. God, you know what? I don't know how old you are. I'm 65, and my memory is, like, terrible. But you're what? I'm 68. So. Oh, you only got a few? Wow. Geez. Okay. Well, so at least you can still think. But nonetheless...
5: No, 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 my memory is... My memory is
2: uh, um, pretty bad, too.
5: I, I know Chuck Wright from something. Is
2: he... Uh, well, he worked with Alice Cooper and, and uh, a number of other bands, too. And, um,
5: was he in the last version
2: of
1: Rainbow? Mm,
2: was he with Rainbow? I'm not sure. He might have been. That's
1: the yeah. '70s thing, yeah. I believe
2: so. I don't know. I don't know if he was or not. That, that's uh, Rainbow, wasn't that, that um, Rich, Richie was Blackmore's 90s. group? Well, at any rate, but he, a lot of uh, you're right because he, when he writes his songs, he either sits down on a keyboard or he plays with a six-string. Uh, you're the first person that's a bassist that.
5: News, they, 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 but um, I don't. I don't play guitar, so. Um, but it's but.
2: So when when you when you write a song as a bassist, what do you come up with? Because you know, the, like we always talk about the bass line and the drummers are really the beat of the music. You know, you're the timing, you're the beat, you're the. You know, when you when you hear a a bass guitar, you know the bass line, you're just like boom. You know, it's got it's got the sound. You know, and everything else, the guitars, the the the, the keyboards and everything. That's all instrumental. You know, and that's kind of like some guys just jokingly say it's fluff. But I mean, it's you're still a talented musician as well. But well.
5: Hey. Say that if you heard, if you heard, if you, I, my, my, probably my greatest strength, even when I, I, I try to be in a band where I'm the worst guy in the band, you know, I try, I try to play with people who are better than me, uh-huh. uh huh, um, as far as their, how well they play their instruments, but, um, like Bobby said to me once, he goes, you know, all these guys that you think are. Are better than you although you're always so self deprecating everything you get in a room with them to write a song and they got nothing i said I've been playing with you for for eight years, and it's like you're always the first guy playing so i mean I, got, I for some reason even though i i I've kind of gotten over my insecurities to some degree, but I keep the company i keep it keeps me on my toes for sure but but i the riffs just keep coming i mean i i am yeah This it, it is amazing i mean, it amazes me and and I think that's probably you know why the the, the bass first thing is working it's the uh, if the bass parts are really interesting I, I, I write lyrics and and the vocal melodies and stuff and then i i just turn it over to a, the the guitar player that I think I hear in my head playing on it and maybe sometimes I get in direction, but a lot of times I try not to you know um I like the feeling of of creating something with somebody.
2: Does your um, does your music have kind of a a vintage flair to it, or is it contemporary? You know,
5: I think I'm all over the place. I, I always call myself a metalhead because starting in high school, in like class of seventy one, before that phrase was even barely invented. But really, before that, I was. Just looking for the most badass stuff I could find, and I was, you know, James Brown. I, 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 this is this is my this is my thing. When I say, well, people say, what, what is your sound? I go, I'm looking for the sweet spot where James Brown and Black Sabbath meet. <laughs> okay,
2: okay, okay. Similarities
5: between those two, believe it or not. Like their arrangements, they they have arrangements that that sound like kind of jarring. When they when they make a change in a song, it's kind of huh, you know, and, and it's it's not smooth, you know, and and it's very riff oriented, both of them, and uh, and they're both the most intense in, in their own arena. So those are my two I, those are my two favorite styles, I guess. Is is really great seventies funk, and I mean Black Sabbath. It's my it, to me is my favorite heavy metal sound. I, I I'm not. A big fan of stuff much later than that but but i listened to i listen i listened to everything I saw much some megadeth Death and I like that band um and pro, I went through a Prague period where I saw the original King Crimson at the Fillmore um with greg Lake i mean i mean I saw every lineup of that band I love them and um but i uh, I think basically just heavy, funky riff rock. Like, and there's not that many guys doing it. I mean, there was a band called Trapeze. Do you know them?
2: No, no, not familiar at all.
5: It, it, it's a it's one of those bands that becomes a supergroup after the fact. The drummer went on to Judas Priest during the whole uh, most popular period. Glenn Hughes was the bass player, went on to Deep Purple and Black Country Communion, and all that stuff. And he's um, he's back on the guitar player was in White Snake. But they that band and Pat Travers. You know, that's kind of funky, and kind of heavy at the same time, and a lot of riffs.
2: Okay. one. <laughs> well, we had Pat on our show too. He was because he lives over here in Orlando, so we had him on our show. When I, when I was growing up, I listened. I was I a big have Deep an Purple. Album with Pat on every song. Really? Um,
5: I've t- I've toured with with Pat a lot. Yeah, he was recorded. He recorded at my house. He recorded an album with Carmine at my house. Not kidding. The original uh, melody maker hanging on my wall and. and uh, this, this, I had this series of records called Ruffians where it's me and, and the drummer from the Plasmatics or Bobby Rondinelli uh, generally are you know, the, the main guys that I'm using. But then I got one with, with Carmine and said, how come I'm not? He, so I did a whole record with him and uh, and Pat's on every song on this one, and it just came out killer.
2: Well, i to find that one too. All right, so Bobby's got the, the album queued up. Name, Pick a song off this. This is from the 2001.
1: Yeah, let's do
5: the first one. Five star man, I
1: think it's good. Five star man, you got that one, Bobby. Five star man. yeah. Five star man, yes, I I, I, I do. do. Hang on here.
2: We're gonna uh, flip right, that one over real quick, so we'll play a few bars of that, right? No, play a
5: few bars. <laughs> you want to get the the solo
2: section? Okay. Andy.
5: Yep.
2: Who's singing on that?
5: Um that's Paul Gifford and and Bill Olin is the deep voice. Okay. And violin player was his name is Lorenzo
2: Ponce. I was gonna say I heard the violin in there. Now that's got a little bit of uh you got a little Black Sabbath, little Kansas, a uh, little everything it, in there.
5: Let it go, let it go. It's just getting to the heavy part.
2: Okay. Why did you get <laughs> Is there a little uh, David Bowie uh, influence in there yeah, too?
5: Yeah, probably. This is this is not typical of anything else I've ever done, but there's a great trade, a great violin and guitar battle uh, towards the end. And pass this way.
2: interesting. Okay, so now is this kind of like in the direction you're moving in, or do you get back in? No, and- no, that
5: was a one-time. The guitar player was probably the first guy that really turned me on to to music after the Beatles, I, I I just kind of didn't pay attention to anything but the Beatles, you know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, he got, he turned, in ninth grade, he turned me on to King, King Crimson and all these uh, progressive bands, and that it kind of educated me, and I I'm, I never got to do a band with him, and then when I moved out of the city to start my studio, I had to live right next door to where he lived, and, and we just finally did this band together, and it has a lot of his influence of Prague sci-fi, which I've I've never really done anything else like it, but it was it was. I mean, people loved it. i got great reviews, and we did did some great tours.
2: So, what's next for you? What do you? So, what what's your what you? Uh, some what are some I of the future a, projects I you're have, working
5: I, on? I, what I what I'm doing now? I'm, I'm retired. I do from touring. Okay. Uh, the last band I did was in 2000, ended in 2015. I got married to my beautiful new wife, and I. I said, you know what? Maybe I won't have the house be a fraternity house anymore. <laughs> uh, nonstop uh, men walking through the house in the morning before you wake up and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so um, but I, I, I had, had developed such a great team of of collaborators, and and uh, not just engineers, but engineers who. I mean, the, the engineer that I'm working with now, he's an any winning engineer. He's a professor, he uh, a college professor who teaches engineering, and he you know, I, and he works great with me. He, he um, and, and, the, and the other guy that I that I, um, was my main engineer before him. The same thing. We you know, we we've written so many songs together that you get these guys. That when well, my father told me he was a businessman, he said, surround yourself with the best people and let them run with the ball as long as you can until you would need to step in and say, keep the direction where you want it going, you know? But, um, so I, I, am in the process. I've done it, but I don't think it's really, uh, it's, it hasn't really, uh, what's it, called lifted off yet, uh, in a big way. I, I've got a Facebook page, a business Facebook page where I, where I theoretically can have a million people on it or something. And, um, basically putting every record i've ever done i've got twenty seven up there now but i've got these seven more that i just finished and finding stuff in the, in the vaults and stuff and you know, i've been a workaholic for like 42 years and um it there's a the, for the facebook page there's a link to the website you can just go directly to the website which is hyperspace and uh it has all my records up there for free um it has videos uh, uh, live videos you know MTV kind of videos um, all the press and photographs and stuff like that and it's all kind of all up there like a library and I'm just I'm, I'm in the process of t- tweaking that as I go along and we have our that was our first release actually the star people record and it's it's in release now whatever reviews are starting to come in and stuff and I put them up when the post them when they do um, it's it's a challenge to get people to listen to music anymore you know even if it's free even if somebody says they're your fan and you put the music right in front of them on their on a on the computer and, and you know to get them to listen to pass by two or three songs it, it's um it's as hard as loading up a van and traveling around the country it, as far as make, as, far as hard as far as being successful at it at least that's, I, I'm just I'm just learning the, the way to make it happen like that so
2: um, Another question i got to ask you is, okay, so you're a bass guitarist. Um, what is your instrument, your brand of bass okay. guitar of choice? Are, are you kind of like eclectic about it? Do you collect them? I
5: have, uh, I, I mean, I'm looking right now at just the, 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 the handful that I, that I, I have with, that I brought to Vegas with me. Um, Fadera, I would say, is the best guitar bass maker in the world, and, and I've had, so God, I've had every every kind of boutique bass, basically. Not everyone, obviously, but but tons. I I have 30, for about twenty years. I played only thirty-six inch scale six string bass, and um, I thought I would never play four string again. Just like I thought in nineteen eighty when I moved into the city, I, that I I got rid of all my beautiful denim bell bottoms because I said, <laughs> you "No know, you know, these again." And then I had to, I had to try to like. Have somebody make them for me.
4: <laughs> um, so
5: I got rid of a lot of my four strings. So then i got got four strings again. I have, I'm looking at a six, 1960 red precision bass, which is that's like a, what, like the Mona Lisa or something to be. Oh, yeah,
2: concerned. Fender pen, P bass. Yeah, absolutely.
5: But you know what? It's something about me. I, I, it's it's so commonly accepted as. as the bass that that I try not to play. I don't. I, I'd like to play something else, just for that reason.
4: Uh-huh. So it's great,
5: but I do. I use it, but I mean, I've got Federa made me a non reverse Thunderbird, which is kind of like um, Ferrari making you a um, Prius or something. You know,
4: <laughs> but,
5: but it, 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 you know, it's the best Thunderbird in the world, I guess. But but I, I, I've got a lot of Thunderbirds, and and with Federa i found that we developed a way to balance the Thunderbirds because they have this famously neck-heavy thing and and the that and the i've got a synth base here i've got a what i got a specter which I used to have one in the in the eighties in the city, and somebody said that was your great so i i i i got said i would have swore I wasn't gonna buy another base but I bought that one um yeah, that's what I got down here and some synth base, which I haven't figured out how to make useful yet but um uh, in New York I've got uh, sixty Two, uh, precision base and it's great. It's a Midas base.
2: How about an EB-3? You got one of those? You know, I had one and I
5: I even had I, I, I wanted one with a paint strip so I could paint it because this guy when I moved into, into the house on the suburbs from, this, from a one-bedroom apartment in the city, I, I had all this wall space and I had a friend in the city who used to paint um, airbrush Mm-hmm. for hell's angels who were right in my neighborhood was the hell's angels <laughs> headquarters in new york city um and this guy w- w- would paint their motorcycles. so he came, he came out and right before i really got into music the thing i got into before music was mars attacks bubblegum cards that was like like my like star wars or star trek is to some people now you know i was just a i was to- so into them you probably never even heard of them it was a set of 52 bubblegum cards that they made the movie. You know, it was it Tim Burton made a movie of it? because somebody gave him the bubblegum cards. But um, this guy painted my whole house, all the walls, of murals of that, of that, of like the, the Martians attacking in outer space and flying saucers. So I, I had a EB3 that I painted like that right around that time, and I just found that I a short scale. I, I I was playing a 36 inch scale, which is you know, two inches longer than a normal bass. It just felt like a toy. That, man, I mean, I I gave it to my friend. Um, so I guess the, the Gibson I play is is the Thunderbirds, but I have a collection of vintage Thunderbirds. So.
2: Well, cool. Well, Randy, we are up against the clock, but I'll tell you what—you were a lot of fun, and it was a real treat having you on the show. So, I would love to invite you back on the show again. We can talk a little bit more and get some more stories, stuff going, and and uh, I think that would be uh, kind of a blast. We do every summer. We do like a, a music segment for you know four to six weeks oh, or something like that. We have musicians on
5: well, after after we go after I uh, hang up. Hello? Are, you to pl- are you going
2: to play a song? That no, no, no. Well, yeah. Well, we could probably play one right after we, yeah, after we hang up. But right now we're up against the clock. So when the clock says click, 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 we're off the air. So the show's over. But All right, cool. we'll, we'll we'll play a song as we're going out, and then. Uh,
5: I and mean, we had nothing uh, nothing planned to say. Uh,
2: no, we did fine. You did fine. It was great. It was great stories, and that's what it is. And we got to got to kind of got to get to know you a little bit. So uh, that was a real treat in itself. But Randy, again, we want to thank you for coming out and the radio show with us here at Nostalgic Reading Cars and telling a little bit about yourself. And we will play your music from time to time. How about that?
5: We'll send you some. That'll work too. Yeah, all right, I'm about to do another release with Bit with Billy anyway.
2: So all right, buddy, I'll talk to you later. All right, very good. I will thank my special guest, Randy Pratt. I'm gonna say from uh, the Star People, so you have to look that up. But be sure and check out his uh, Facebook page, and uh, HyperspaceRecords.com. Okay. So in the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into the Collector Getting Cars. Don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. And uh, we'll see you at some of the car shows. Monterey Collector Car Weeks is coming on. Find out if you want to find out where all the car shows are. Fla.com. Fla the. Uh, what is it, Bobby? flacarshows.com. Something like that, yeah. So everywhere we, in the state. Yep, and hopefully with a little luck, we'll have a few more musical guests coming on the show here in the next couple of weeks. So uh, stay tuned. And
1: I see rib shack sign going up on Drew Street, so stay tuned. Yes. Hey, take, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family.
4: Right